rise beautiful souls this is Shamika I hope that you are having a phenomenal day not just a great day but a phenomenal day and if you're not well you know what there's still time for you to shift and move your day and your energy and your thoughts your emotions and your actions in a direction that you desire so thanks for joining me today. We're going to pick back up with Dr. Wayne Dyer's Wisdom of the Ages. And today, the idea we're going to explore is triumph. Today's ancestral master is going to be Marcus Cicero. So let's get started. Triumph. <laughs> Marcus Cicero was once called the father of his country. He was a brilliant orator, lawyer, statesman, writer, poet, critic, and philosopher who lived in a century before the birth of Christ and was momentously involved in all the conflicts between Pompey, Caesar, Brutus, and many of the other historical characters and events that make up ancient Rome history. He had a brilliant and long political career and was an established writer whose work was considered the most influential of its time. In those days, however, dissidents were not treated kindly. He was executed in 43 BC, his head and hands displayed on the speaker's platform at the Forum in Rome. In one of his most memorable treatises, Cicero outlined the six mistakes of man as he saw them evidenced in ancient Rome. Twenty centuries later, I repeat them here with a brief commentary. We can still learn from our ancestors of antiquity, and I trust that my corroboration of Cicero's six mistakes will not lead to my head and hands being displayed at our national speaker's forum. Mistake number one is the illusion that personal gain is made up of crushing others. This is a problem that unfortunately is still with us today. Many people feel that they are able to elevate themselves in importance by finding fault with others. I recently watched an internationally successful motivational speaker being interviewed on television. His approach was, I am better than everyone else. No one else can provide the tools for living that I can. Don't listen to those who are only providing a pep talk. They are all inferior. I couldn't help but think of Cicero's number one mistake. There are two ways to have the tallest building in town. One way is to go around crushing everyone else's building, but this method seldom works for long because those having their buildings raised will eventually come back to haunt the crusher. The second way is to work on your own building and watch it grow. And so it is in politics, business, and our own individual lives. Mistake number two, the tendency to worry about things that cannot be changed or corrected. Apparently, people in the ancient world spent their energies worrying about things they had no control over, and little has changed since. One of my teachers put it to me quite succinctly. 
He said, first, it makes no sense to worry about the things that you have no control over. Because if you have no control over them, it makes no sense to worry about them. Second, it makes no sense to worry about the things you do have control over. Because if you have control, it makes no sense to worry. And there goes everything that it is possible to worry about. Either you have control or you do not. And either way, worry is a huge mistake. Mistake number three, insisting that a thing is impossible because we cannot accomplish it. Many of us are still afflicted with this penchant for pessimism. Too often we jump to the conclusion that something is impossible simply because we cannot see the solution. I've heard many people tell me that angels, reincarnation, soul travel, communication with the deceased, travel to distant galaxies, and so on are impossibilities simply because they cannot conceive of such ideas. But I wonder how many of Cicero's contemporaries could foresee telephones, fax machines, computers, automobiles, airplanes, missiles, electricity, walking on the moon, and so many things we take for granted today. A good motto is, no one knows enough to be a pessimist. What we can't fathom today will be accepted reality of those who reside here 2,000 years into the future. Mistake number four is refusing to set aside trivial preferences. So many of us major in minor subjects as our way of life. We allow our precious life energies to be spent on worry about others and what others think of us, petty concerns about appearance, what labels we're wearing. We consume our lives in anguish over squabbles with family or coworkers and fill our conversation with drapery talk. Ego becomes the driving force of our lives with self-importance persistently taking center stage. We see hunger and starvation on our planet, but we become impatient when we must wait five extra minutes for a table in a restaurant where half the food will be discarded as garbage. We hear about children maimed and killed by guns and gunmen by the thousands, yet we accept it as a condition that we can do nothing about. In our own personal lives, too many of us believe that we are unable to make a difference on the larger issues. So we immerse ourselves in our game of ego-sponsored trivial pursuit. Mistake number five, neglecting development and refinement of the mind and not acquiring the habit of reading and study. It seems that when we finish our formal schooling, we have completed our development of the mind. We have adopted the credo of reading and studying for the purpose of taking the examination and earning our merit badge in the form of a diploma or an advanced degree. Once the certificate is in hand, the need to study and refine the mind is terminated. Cicero must have noticed the same tendency among his fellow Roman citizens and warned them that it would be a prelude to the downfall of their empire. And so it came to pass. Our lives are greatly enriched when we immerse ourselves in literature and spiritual writing, not because we are going to be tested, but purely for the sake of personal enrichment. You'll find that daily reading and studying provides you with a deeper and richer experience of life in all ways. And finally, mistake number six, 
attempting to compel others to believe and live as we do. Obviously, we are still guilty of this sixth mistake. Too often we feel victimized by those who are imposing on us their views of what we should be doing and how we should be living. The result is a high state of tension and resentment. No one wants to be told how to live or what to do. One of the traits of highly functioning people is that they have no desire or investment in controlling other people. We need to remind ourselves of the truth and take the advice of Voltaire. Learn to cultivate your own garden. If others want to grow cabbage and you choose to grow corn, then so be it. Yet there is this propensity to peer into the lives of others who insist that they believe and care in the same way as we do. It is a common mistake of families to impose their will on everyone else in the unit. It is also a common mistake of government officials who are determining what is best for everyone. From ancient Rome, Cicero, the great statesman, orator, writer, and philosopher gives us all a lesson in living. Don't make these same mistakes that mankind has been making throughout the centuries. Instead, vow to release them from your life one day at a time. So beautiful souls, you know, you know, of course, I'm going to say I really enjoyed today's lesson. <laughs> but isn't it true of everyone that I read, right? There's some um, negative wisdom to draw from it. And um, I definitely see that again today. You know, as I've stated before, um, I know this, my platform or this platform discusses um femininity and the divine feminine and the spiritual and psychological aspects of it and so i know well what my attempt is i believe in a balance and i believe that you need the feminine and the masculine and so hence why i'm reading dr dyer as he's serving as the logos and i'm serving as the moon and reflecting his thoughts right so for each tenet that's presented that he brings forth as a wisdom or nugget of wisdom, I'm going to show the feminine counterpart to that. And so after reading today's lesson, the feminine counterpart that I see to triumph, triumph is simply victory. It is success, right? In order to have triumph, and I thought about this and I reflected, what is necessary in order to become victorious? What is necessary in order to have success? And I think the feminine counterpart to triumph is release. You know, in every mistake that Cicero mentioned and that Dr. Dyer attempted to expound upon, I saw basically habits, thoughts, or behaviors that we often engage in that, that, that become obstacles in impeding our success. I think this, this is important because I think about today, let's get a full moon last week. So the moon is waning. And when the moon wanes, the waning of the moon represents our ability to release, to extinguish, <laughs> 
to destroy, to transform habits, thoughts, actions that are no longer beneficial to us. And I can see how that can be important for us as women because, you know, oftentimes when we see the feminine or we discuss the feminine in discourse the way it's typically presented in mainstream culture, we see it in that psychic function of the mother and, and the feminine and, and being something that brings life, it cares for life, it nurtures it, it loves it. <clears throat> so it's a very relational aspect that we often see of the feminine. And the other aspect of the feminine that sometimes we, be, we can become very uncomfortable with, and we see this in the um, two other psychic functions that exist within us as women is the wise woman and the queen. And I see those functions of the feminine representing just like the mother and the lover as their four psychic functions that exist within every woman. There's a wise woman, there is a lover, there is a mother, and there is a queen. You know, just as women have the power to create life, we also have that power to transform. We have that power to um, release. We have that power to destroy. And those elements of the feminine, which are often attributed to the dark feminine, can be very uncomfortable for us to approach because we're not accustomed to women having that type of power. <laughs> um, but and even I don't want to say just women because I know that there's some guys who are listening to my podcast. And so uh, just as the masculine exists within women, the feminine exists within men as well. And so it's something that all of our souls exist possess is the power to create but also the power to release and eliminate so that something greater can come forth or as Cicero would say so that triumph success so that victory is assured it makes me think about um some of the the five the six mistakes that Dr. Dyer explores and how I can see in my own life, and I don't know if if you know, I challenge you to, you know, note those six mistakes and think about if you could pick one, which one <laughs> is the one that you find yourself having the most trouble with, you know? And so since, you know, I'll be honest, <laughs> you know, I can see, I can see how I have Except for giving yourself time every day to read spiritual books, I definitely already adhere to that. Um, I value knowledge and it is something that I actively take part in um, just because I value it. But I can see in the other five mistakes how they have emerged in my life. And like, especially with the first one and believing that um, we have to crush others in order to build our own building, right? And it made me think about, um, or the illusion that personal gain is made up of crushing others. And this one, I have to admit with Dr. Dyer and Cicero, I agree. And I think it's hard to fully embody that belief, especially if you own your own business or if you are um, a leader. If you're working within a structure that is a hierarchy, uh, when you look at those individuals who rise to the top, they crush others <laughs> to get there, you know? So um, I think that theory or this mistake uh, or belief, theoretically, I can understand is, you know, 
importance and the value of it. But I wonder if that is is one that you can apply in every situation or in certain areas and structures. But if I just use this in my personal life, I definitely, I could connect to that because it made me think about when Dr. Dyer says, you know, catch yourself when you're engaged in the habit of verbally crushing others and stopping instantly. Now, I don't know, it just makes me think about like how, and I guess it's so easy to do this, especially in the culture that we live in now with social media and, you know, like reality television, we see these characters on TV or on screen. And it's so easy to look at those characters and pick those characters apart. And as Dr. Dyer stated, to crush them. But I have to wonder, and I have, you know, I can I can ask myself the shadow aspect of myself, you know, in my need to crush this person, is it because of mistake number, what is it, number three, is because they've done something that I thought was impossible for myself, right? Because it made me also, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, um, sometimes I've, I've struggled with that, is insisting that a thing is impossible because we cannot accomplish it. And it made me consider how times we, um, we could have views on certain individuals or certain situations and believe that it should have a certain outcome. But I wonder if sometimes if we take the time to really root that out, it really kind of goes back to our own personal experience. And because we thought it was impossible for ourselves, we believe that it's impossible for someone else. And when we see someone else accomplish what we thought and what we really wanted, right? It, it stirs up those lower emotions of envy and jealousy. And I think I've said this before and I'll say it again. Those lower emotions are emotions that all humans, you know, will feel. And I think the importance is not to judge yourself because you're feeling jealous or you feel envy. It's more of a call from your soul to pause and ask yourself, What's going on here? There's an unmet desire within me that I'm not giving attention to. This mistake number three really resonates with me because that's something that I'm like reinstituting in my life. <laughs> uh, everything that, you know, anything that I want to accomplish, I am very thankful that um, God, the gods, goddesses, all my people, <laughs> <laughs> I am thankful that I have had that support as well as my own inner determination. But I also take time to assess that there are um, tasks that I've wanted to do that I'm like, you can do that if you remain persistent and not give up. And I think about sometimes how there, there are goals that we want to achieve in life and that we might have been on the path that we may have persevered and in some way, or at some point we stopped because we met an obstacle. And that was something that, uh, or that is something that I am re-examining within myself is like, you know, how do you make sure that you move forward even when you are met with resistance? Because I think that's what happens to the people who achieve those goals or those feats that we thought were impossible is that obstacles were presented on their path. They just decided to keep moving anyway. It's just something to maybe consider, you know? Um, 
Oh, you know what? I his mistake number four for Cicero, refusing to set aside trivial preferences. It made me think about social media again. It made me think about how um, I thought that was a great analogy that Dr. Dyer presented. It that you know we know that there are people who are starving for food, right? But then we'll get angry because we have to wait on our food. <laughs> But there are individuals out there who are starving for food. And so because we feel or believe that we have a lack of control regarding issues that are impacting, you know, individuals or impacting humanity on a, on a larger scale, we will draw our attention or energy from that. And then we'll put that energy and attention into something that's trivial that doesn't require any action on our part. And I think about that sometimes with our um, our activity or presence or just constant engagement on social media, you know. Uh, and, and I and I say this from a perspective that I, I definitely think, you know, with everything in life, um, it has its, its positives. I don't see anything as good or evil, but I also think about how social media is a it's a welcome reprieve or it allows you to to engage in something that doesn't really require you to take any action but it but it consumes the time you know and so it's a it can become a trivial preference or pursuit but i think that's something that you might have to consider is where do you spend your energy where are you expending energy on activities in your life that really it's just keeping you busy but it doesn't have any purpose to it and finally oh my god mistake number six attempting to compel others to believe and live as we do you know i know that um i have been guilty of this i have and 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 it's something that i am very conscious of now and being aware of and I know what helped me in recognizing this was the more I exposed myself to people and experiences that were outside of my domain of what I thought was normality or right the more it it opened my mind and just presented a different perspective and I really I'm with Dr. Dyer on this because um, if you learn to cultivate your own garden, it brings your energy in. And so you're not spilling or wasting your energy because you're you're focusing it out. It, 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 it challenges you to bring it back in, to look at yourself. What, what are you doing? What is, what is it that you're planting here? And I think that especially if we want to experience victory or triumph in our life, you know, it requires that laser focus that we all talk about, but it also requires us to bring our attention and energy back into ourselves and ensuring that we are looking at what are we trying to do? Where, how are we trying to move forward as well as, tying it back to what I was stating initially having a an honest discussion or assessment with ourselves and and thinking about what are the goals that I want to achieve and if I were honest with myself what has stopped me from achieving those goals and you know I know when I do that with myself 95% of the time it's never an external being 
or event, it's me. <laughs> it's either some thought that I am ruminating over, some emotion that I'm not controlling, right? Or some behavior. It all comes back to me. And I think that's powerful because if it all comes back to me, then as mistake number three states, this is something I can control. Kind of like when I opened the um, podcast, you know, if your day is not moving in the direction that you desire, you still have that power in this moment to shift. I don't care if it's at 11 o'clock PM, shift because you're resetting that next day and you're starting it with the, from the intention that you desire and an intention in a place that it puts you back in control. So if I'm gonna leave with anything today, I'm gonna come back to asking, what is it that we need to eliminate release so that we can experience victory in our life yeah what is it that we're and and, and i i think that's so important because it it makes me think or go back to the four psychic functions of the feminine that exists and if the mother wants to bring forth life she wants to bring forth the baby she has to release There's something that has to be released within her in order to bring forth the baby. (laughs) If the lover psychic function with us wants to uh, enter into a relationship or friendship, we have to release, we have to extinguish some behaviors that may hinder a relationship or friendship or connection. If the psychic function of us that's the queen that wants to achieve, okay? wants to achieve and um, cultivate something in our life, then what are we willing to release? And the same as the wise woman who's serving as that medium from the unconscious to bring something forth, she has to release control so that the stream of consciousness can even flow through her. So again, that's the ending question that I have for today is, um, what do we need to eliminate, release, Um, So that we may become victorious in our own lives and experience the triumph that we were destined to experience and that we should be experiencing because that's why we're here. We're here to um, to see just how powerful we are when we are willing to get out, get out of our own way. Okay, beautiful souls. Well, thank you for joining me. On this podcast and as always I encourage you to rise and to shine and to self-actualize have a great day